Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. What is going on, everybody? This is the Believe in Blazer podcast. We're back, Tori. It's Tori Jones. I am Stephen Vaughn. We've been gone for a while, but we're back. And we're, uh, for the YouTube listeners here, we're in our, we're in our cutoffs here. Yeah. You know, it's the summer summertime. I'm, I'm trying, I need to start working out for our one-on-one game. That's the official thing. But we are back. Believe in Blazers podcast. we got a lot to talk about, a lot of things going on. Tori, what's going on, man? How you been? I've been good. Just waiting. And I planned on recording one of these podcasts after a game trade, but it looks like I don't, I mean, that, when will that happen? I don't know. We're going to discuss it. So we had to get something out. That's the thing. That's the thing, dude. Dame requests the trade on July 1st. Uh, as we're recording, this is early August. So it's been over a month since Dame requested it. And, you know, I, this is what I've been saying the whole time, Tori, real quick. We'll just hop right into it. Let's just get right into Dame. I uh, When he requested the trade, it was like a week after, and you could tell there was really no, like, production on the trade. Like, you could tell the Blazers weren't interested in the Heat's package at the start, and that's what all the reports said. I, I compared this to a, to a basketball game, to a four-quarter game, and we were in the first quarter, and I think now we're kind of at halftime. I think we're at halftime right now because – you know, training camp's coming up soon. The regular season's coming up a little bit after that. And I think that's when the fourth quarter starts. But I still think we're at halftime. we still got a long time in this game for the Damian Lillard trade. I think the first quarter, I always said Pat Riley and the Heat, they won that quarter. You know, they looked like they were the real winners. And then Joe Cronin kind of fought back by standing Pat and uh, not just giving in to whatever the Heat wanted, holding out for a little more. And I think Joe Cronin, as much as, uh, you know, you don't like him and as much as you know, the criticism he gets from the fans, I think he's won the second quarter of this trade. He he fought uh, back by doing nothing, Steven. He didn't he hasn't given in yet to give it <laughs> just giving him to the heat, which I think is a win. I know that some people want uh the Blazers just to give in and give in to whatever Damian Lillard wants, and I think that's by far the wrong direction to go. You you can't just give in. You gotta get the best package you can back for maybe the best player in franchise history. So for Cronin just to say, no, we're not going to take Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson and picks, like, perfect. You know, see if you can get a little bit more. And if it ends out where that's the only package, then that's fine. But right now, just to give in and trade Dame right away, I think it's a win for Cronin to fight back a little bit in the second quarter. So I think we're about tied heading into halftime, maybe to heat up still a little bit. But um, hopefully, you know, the Blazers can get some secret team in there to offer up a package for Dame and then get a little more assets. So when do you think a trade happens? What's your prediction to the end of this? Because I had a stream recently, and I said that I don't think a trade's going to happen in August. I don't either. Um, I think Dame starts the season in Portland. I think he enters training camp as a Portland Trailblazer on the roster. I think he enters the regular season on the Trailblazers roster, and that's a whole other question we'll start in a little bit. But I think... I think it goes into the season, and I think it goes into maybe December or January maybe right up to the trade deadline. I think he could be all the way there. I think this is, I think it's that it's that fluid of a situation where the Blazers don't want to and here this is what I've heard. So this is what I've heard from people saying, you know, talking about Burt Cold, he doesn't want to look dumb. Right? Like he he's got to this spot because he uh you know, he was Paul Allen's roommate and he doesn't want to look foolish in a trade. So if he just trades Dame for pieces that don't work out, everyone's going to make fun of him, and he's going to look dumb. The story that Kanzano says on the BFT, 750 the game, catch me there all the, uh, every day, 3 to 6. I'm his producer there. But he always says, his, here's the story. is Burt Cold, he walked into the war room at, on draft night. 
he asked the scouts, hey, who do we like? They say, oh, this guy, this guy. Paul Allen walks in five minutes later, asks the room, who does everybody like? Burt Cold pops up and says, this guy and this guy. Because he wants to look smart, right? Like, he just doesn't want to look dumb. He wants to act like he knows what he's talking about. He's not a basketball guy. So he literally went in five minutes before, asked who they like, and then took the answers from the scouts. And then made it so it looks like, hey, Paul Allen thinks I'm smart now. And I think this actually is a positive for the Blazers, the fact that he thinks this way. And he doesn't want to get burned in a trade because he's going to try to get as much back possible because he already knows if he just takes a package that isn't good, he's going to get made fun of. And I think it's, I think that's the one thing, if you're a Blazers fan, you want to get a big package back and you don't care where Dame gets traded or, you know, you just want to have it. So Dame's happy, but at the same time, you're getting a good package back. This is the reason to do it. And I think Burt hopefully uh, does the right thing and keeps holding out on it. Yeah. So they should have expected a, subpar return for Damian Lillard months before now with them choosing to go this route. And there was a lot of debate leading up to this offseason about going young, drafting Scoot, and trading Dame for a haul, right? Trading Dame for a huge uh, draft pick haul, couple really good prospects, and, you know, getting back maximum trade value for Dame right now. But the market even without him forcing himself to Miami, was never going to predicate Damian Lillard getting maximum return based on the value of him as a player. And there just isn't enough teams that need a point guard or in win-now mode or have assets. And Miami kind of fits under that third tier where they were always one of those teams that I looked at like, they don't have a ton of assets. Right now, they only have two tradable first-round picks. They can open up a third if they mess around with OKC and change protections on a pick they owe them. And then beyond that, they got Jaime Hawkes, who I know you're high on, but Jaime Hawkes and Nikola Jovic aren't top-notch prospects that you would expect back in a Damian Lillard. What, they're, trade, not, they're so. not generational talents? They're not generational talents? Not, dude. Twitter. Twitter. Don't, don't get me started on what sorry, I've heard sorry, on Twitter. Sorry, sorry. From Sorry, Heat fans, because <laughs> they, yeah, generational talent, Nikola Jovic, because he's tall and can dribble a little bit. I guess Thon Maker was also a, you remember his highlight tapes from high school? Dude, he was the guy, though. Everyone thought he was going to change the NBA. <laughs> yeah, um, it didn't end up panning out. He was supposed to be generational. At least he was generational in terms of his high school highlight mixtapes but that was it unfortunately for him i saw some highlights of thon maker i believe he's over in china or something he's killing over there though dude anybody can kill over in china or taiwan look at dwight howard (laughs) he's got some great youtube highlights get him back to the league dude taiwan has dwight howard in the three-point contest (laughs) um yeah i mean those guys can go over there and, and make a make a living make a killing um but, yeah, Nikola Jovic and Jaime Hawkins are not the type of blue-chip prospects that you expect back. So, team without really good young prospects, don't have all their first. Like, that is a team without enough assets to give back probably what Portland deserves for Damian Lillard. If you're just looking at it in the scope of how good is Damian Lillard coming off a season where he averaged 32-7, and seven, crazy efficient, best efficiency of his career, actually, um, just was absolutely phenomenal last season. We talked about it, and uh, that trade package for Miami is subpar, but it was hard to look around the league and find teams that really had the assets that they were willing to give up 
uh, for a Damian Lillard trade. And I said that going into this. This isn't just hindsight. Um, so as far as Burt Cold and kind of how he doesn't want to look dumb, I mean, I I don't know if this front office and ownership ownership group went into this offseason thinking that they were going to be able to get back what they deserved for Damian Lillard. Uh, but if so, I think that was already a mistake on their end because the market just didn't shape up for it. And you know what's going to happen is if they end up accepting the heat trade or they don't get back what people think they deserve for Damian Lillard, it's going to be, uh, well, da it's Damian Lillard's fault because he killed their leverage and that's why they didn't get a good trade package. So it's almost like they have an excuse built up already because of the way this thing has been handled. Um, and I think in the end with a lot of people, the Blazers organization is going to win the PR battle. You could be right. Um, there's a couple things I want to say off of that. Uh, first, when do you think... Let me put it this way. You know, With Scoot Henderson uh, coming into Portland, Anthony Simons coming back, you bring back Damian Lillard, let's just say he's on the roster. Um, when he starts, like the regular season, he's on the roster training camp. Scoot Henderson, you know, you look at his stats. Uh, go look at our friends over at Bet Online. You can bet on his stats right now, real quick, uh, Tori. Scoot Henderson... To uh, let's see, what is his? Where did I just see that? Uh, his over under points per game 15 and a half. What would you take over under next season? Scoot Henderson averaging 15 and a half points per ball game. That's tough with it looking like a possibility Dame might not get traded because if Dame is still here and then he ends up playing, probably under, but I think he'll get traded. So I think if he gets traded, it's the over. I think Scoot it's will get shots one. up and he should like. If Dame's traded, Scoot should play 35 minutes a game, if we're being honest, and he'll find a way to get 15 points up. So I'd probably take the over on that right now, because I assume that Dame's... I, I think Dame's going to get traded in September, by the way. I know you think he'll be here at the start of the season. I think it'll happen in September, but I, who knows at this point. I, I think if you're uh, if you're on Team Torty, you take the over minus 130. You take Team Steven, you're under 15 and a half at plus 100. But of course you do that, and uh, you go over to Bet Online. Use the promo code BELIEVE, B-L-E-A-V, get 50% off uh, or 50% on your welcome bonus on your first deposit. Make some a little money there, huh? Have a little fun with this uh, trade trade debate here. So always, as always, use Bet Online. Thank you to them as well. But um, yeah, so I mean, I think if Damian Lillard is on the roster uh, at training camp, you, you just said you think he gets traded in September. I do want to ask you, if, if, he, if he is it, let's say game one comes, Damian Lillard's on the roster, do you think he wants to play for the Trailblazers? Do you think he wants to go on the court and actually suit up for the Trailblazers for another season? Or should the Blazers sit him out and not risk injury and do all those type of things? Because he is an asset still that you're trying to trade. You would risk it. But at the same time, Dame's a baller. Like Dame wants to play. What What do you think about this whole situation? If Dame still is on the roster, you know, come game one, I think it, I think it is possible and the more, as the more time rolls by, I think it is more and more possible this happens. What do you think, Tori? I think it's too complicated to answer right now, truthfully, because I have no idea. And my answer to this would get into everything that I've heard, everything that Eric Brandt has reported, um, everything that has kind of been um, speculated. And a lot of people think it's absolute BS. I definitely don't i have a lot of confidence in what we've reported on blazers uprise over the past two three months and i have a couple reasons that i can't say <laughs> as to why i'm confident for that but i mean basically to summarize 
I don't think Dame necessarily wanted out. I think the front office essentially chose a different direction that didn't include Dame. And that is Scoot Henderson. And, you know, regardless of the argument of if that was the right choice or not, that's what they chose. So, I don't think the organization wants him back next year. And I think Dame, knowing kind of how things are going down, is trying to make the best out of the situation. And he wants to go to Miami. They don't want him, so he wants out. He wants to go to Miami. But it wasn't from a standpoint of, like, him surely just not wanting to play for the Portland Trailblazers. And that's why it's so complicated. Like, does the organization go back on things and say, well, we don't want to look dumb. We can't get anything for him. Now we actually have to bring him into training camp. I have no idea what that looks like. That's why I think he'll end up getting traded some point into September, because I think at some point the front office will just move on and go the young route. And I think the PR message, as I said, will be Dame killed leverage. And that's why they weren't able to get a better deal. You know, it wasn't their fault. I think that's ultimately going to be the play. But if if not, I dude, I don't know how it gets handled going into training camp because I don't know... If Dame can, in his mind, forgive the front office for some of the ways they've handled things. And then I don't even think the organization wants him back next year. Yeah, um, this uh, we've had this conversation off the air, of course, when Dame made the request. I don't necessarily have a problem with the line that Joe Cronin did. I know you do, and I know that a lot of fans do. I don't have a necessarily problem with it because this it's kind of what happens in sports. People lie. This happens all the time. Uh, Nick Saban has done it. Uh, Mario Cristobal, for you Duck fans, he did it. You guys know he uh, said after the Pac-12 title game he wasn't leaving Oregon. Two days later, he signed a 10-year deal with Miami. 10 years. You don't think they had had that conversation? You don't think he knew he was going? This happens a lot, so I don't necessarily blame Joe Cronin for saying, I want to build around Dame. I want to build around him. And then not showing any of that because actions speak louder than words. We should have seen this coming. We should have said, okay, well, he's not putting pieces next to Dame. He's trying to do things to trade Dame. Like the, all the, every, every move he made was not to help out the team. And I think we should have seen that coming and the actions just speak way louder than words. And then as soon as Dame made the request, Joe Cronin flipped and he pulled out his old inner Neil O'Shea and went kind of snaky and was like, Hey, Dame asked out. We didn't want him out, blah, blah, blah. And, so it doesn't necessarily make me mad because this is just what happens. Like, this happens in sports. I don't blame Joe Cronin for that. And I don't even like Joe Cronin as a general manager. I don't think he's done a very good job. Like, I'm not trying to defend him. I just don't think it's a big problem what he did and how they went about it. And so I'm with you, Tori. Like, I don't know that Dame actually wanted out of Portland. I think there is a scenario, and I've heard the same things, that Dame didn't necessarily want out. But I don't know if I can trust that. I don't know if I can trust that source. You know, that's what happens when you get these sources. Like, sometimes they're very truthful, sometimes they're not. I've heard it from some people. I've heard it from other people that said, no, he definitely wanted out. That's just him trying to look good, float that out there, trying to make him be the good guy. Like, I've heard it. I've heard all of it. I've heard every situation, and I still don't know what to believe. The last thing I've heard was, nobody knows anything, and if anybody says they do, they're lying. And I know that, like, Tori, that goes against what you just said, because you believe that. I don't know what to believe anymore. I don't know what Dame wants. I Like, I just want this whole situation to be be done with either if he's going to get traded i want him to come out and say at some press conference hey i want to be traded or say i want to be in portland but i know it'll never happen so it's just it's so confusing 
on what it is, but I do think, back to my original question, if Dame's on the roster day one, game one, I, I think he suits up. I think he suits up for the Trailblazers because he is a guy that isn't going to want to sit out. He wants to play basketball. Ultimately, that's what he does. It is his job. He's even talked about that. The fact that the NBA put out that memo to all these other teams saying he's going to honor his contract. I think it would look bad if then the Blazers said, no, he has a contract. He can't play. Like, you have to honor the contract. I think Dame would be on the Blazers roster day one, and he's going to play. Um, and I think that's going to happen. I don't think the trade is going to come to fruition before training camp. I think it's a very interesting situation. Uh, but that memo I thought was actually really big that happened back, you know, a couple weeks ago with Adam Silver. I think it gave some clarity to other teams if they're if they are interested. And I had heard things about Utah being interested. They hadn't made a deal. You know, as soon as Dave made the request, I had heard Utah is gonna wait a little bit, be patient, and then come up with a package and make an offer for him. So I think now the fact that it's known that Dame will play for whoever, I'm hoping deep down that some team that we haven't thought about, whether it's Utah, whether it's you know not gonna be Boston because they brought everyone back, you know, whether it's a team like Oklahoma City for some reason they want to bring in Dame, or it's Orlando they want to bring in a guy like Dame. I'm hoping someone comes up that has some assets and they're willing to make a trade with the Blazers. But I do think that that's a reason why Dame's going to be on the roster day one. And I think he's going to suit up for the Trailblazers. Yeah. As far as other suitors, I just don't have confidence in any other suitors coming in. I, I know Utah has been talked about a lot. I just don't. Do you, th- do you think the memo, do you think the memo that they sent out gives other teams confidence? To be able to say, you know what, we can actually send out a package for Dame and we know Dame will suit up because there was the rumor that Aaron Goodwin said, no, Dame's not going to play for you. If you know Dame, he's not going to play. But now if he did that, if he got traded to Utah and he's like, no, I'm not playing, that's a terrible look for Damian Lillard. He would, I don't think he'll do that now that this memo's out there. I never would believe that Utah was actually seriously interested in him, no matter how the situation played out. That's just... Danny Ainge's MO is trading stars for picks, using those picks to get, you know, to draft stars and then building around those stars. He just traded away Donovan Mitchell a year ago and Rudy Gobert a year ago, right? Like, why would he then a year later trade those the assets he got for Donovan Mitchell for an older guard? Like, it just doesn't make sense. Because, because, because he's better and they're closer than he thought they'd be. Yeah, but they're not close enough to do that. And... If they trade, you know, they do have a lot of assets now. They would have to pull off Dame in another big move to justify the Dame move. And I don't think the other big move is out there, right? Like, I I don't think, you know, Jalen Brown wouldn't have wanted to play there. I still think um, there was a chance that he wanted to leave Boston. He just didn't have a good enough situation for him. Um, and, you know, he's... Ma- are you, are you going to admit that you guys are wrong on that one or not? Uh, wrong on, I mean, we can get, we can open up a whole can of worms. We can open up a whole can of worms. What we were wrong on, Steven, and you, you might already know my answer to this. What we were wrong on was, in our opinion, Joe Cronin's willingness to build a winner around Damian Lillard. Okay. That's what we were wrong on. But we were, we took his word. I just don't, what was... I just don't remember what the quote was exactly what you guys said. I thought it was something like, oh, Jalen Brown wants to come to Portland, blah, blah, blah. He's, you know, he's coming, basically. Yeah. Um, and we we weren't the only one who had some information on that, by the way. But once it became apparent the route the Blazers are going, we're going, all that talk disappeared. 
he's close with Jeremy and Dame. He played on the Olympic team with Jeremy and Dame. Okay. Dame recruited uh, Jeremy really through the Olympic team. think he's going to turn team. down $100 million? $100 million to come to Portland? No way. I mean, do you really think Jalen Brown is is a bag chaser like that? I hundred million dollars? Yeah, I don't think a lot uh, of guys he's, are going to He's that kind down. of he's kind of a different guy. Has different priorities, man. Who who in the NBA has turned down a hundred million dollars to come to Portland? Nobody. We're just going off of what we heard, okay? And what we heard, we trust, okay? And you don't, which is fine. I don't, know. but we do, and. Eric, because this is where it comes from. It comes from Eric. Eric truly does try and vet everything he hears. Okay? Like, I've heard stuff behind the scenes that Eric hasn't even said that has made me fully trust him. And I've heard stuff from outside of Eric that corroborates a lot of what he said, too. So... You know, that's the thing is we, we have that conversation that opens up a whole can of worms. There's a lot of people out there that think that, you know, just because me and Eric are YouTubers, we can't possibly know anyone who knows anything, even though we talk to as much the fan base, if not more than pretty much anyone. And when you talk to a lot of people, they talk to a lot of people, they talk to the right people. Like, there's a lot of different stuff that I've heard. Some of it I haven't even talked about because I can't vet it. I had somebody that went to Dame's, said he went to Dame's YMCA camp and talked directly to Dame. I have not used any of that information because I, I hope the dude is telling the truth and I'm not going to sit there and call him a liar, but I can't, you know, vet that information and I can't speak about something like that confidently where somebody's just DMing me on Twitter saying I went to Dame's camp and talked to Dame, right? Um, but he did say he was wearing blazer shorts. I don't know if that was before or after the clip of Dame at the YMCA camp wearing blazer shorts, but you know, it's, I found it interesting, but. That's not even stuff that I have confidence in. There's other stuff that I have confidence in that I wish I could I wish I could talk about. Hopefully we learn the truth in the future. Because I'm kind of tired of having the debate of like, was this legitimate or not? I truly believe that Jalen Brown was an option for the Portland Trailblazers this offseason, and they said no. Yeah. That's what I mean. And I think um I didn't mean to uh open I just thought it was kind of funny. No, um, it's it's fine. It's hey, fine. and also I, I would I, I would say that I I I would say this. Uh, welcome to the media, you big media guy, you, Tori. I feel like that's a me- that's a media thing. Getting sources, being right, being wrong. That's kind of what it is, man. That's why I don't. That's why I don't break news. I, I'm just a. I'm just a takes guy. Give me your takes out there. I know. Well, let me just say this. We didn't. We didn't get big off breaking news. We don't have to break news. There's. There's really not even much gain for us in general from breaking news because a lot of people won't believe it because we're YouTubers. That's just how it goes. That is, and uh, yeah, no, Eric, you can, Eric, you guys do a good job. I've uh, told you guys that off the air, on the air, uh, you know, respect what you guys do for sure. Um, no, I think, I just think it goes back to the whole thing with Joe Cronin and actions do speak louder than words. Again, that's the only thing I go back to is like, he has shown that he didn't want Jalen Brown. Like as soon as, you know, as soon as he, I figured out like, oh, Jalen Brown have to turn down a hundred million dollars. I thought it wasn't a realistic thing. And I started looking at other places and I just think that, and I think that Joe Cronin doesn't want it. Like, he wanted to rebuild. It makes a lot of sense. Like, when new GMs come in, they bring in new coaches, they bring in new everybody, they want to start their own roster. It makes a lot of sense why Joe Cronin would do that. But it also makes sense why he lies and says, I want to build around Dame, because as soon as he says, no, I want to trade Damian Lillard, the whole fan base is going to turn against him. So, I don't know. I just, it's it's a tough situation, but... That that's my whole spot with Dave, man. I I wanted I want the I want a solution. That's all I want. I want a solution because I think that'll kind of describe 
what the Blazers do going forward with all their other players. Are they going to bring Nurk back? Are they going to bring Anthony Simons back? Are they going to play Scoot and Anthony? Like, is that the backcourt of the future? I don't know. Like, it's it's got a lot of uh, a lot of tentacles, but it's all it all goes around the Dame trade. I don't think you really go forward with the Trailblazers roster until Dame's off the roster, or he blatantly says, "No, I I want to stay." Yeah. So. I am worried about something regarding Joe Cronin for the future. And Eric's hinted, this, hinted at this a lot, okay? So I'm just going to put it out there as a possibility. I think there's a possibility that Joe Cronin thinks that the team next year can be competitive because he thinks Scoot's going to be amazing off the bat. Um... And that maybe justifies paying Jeremy Grant what they did and bringing back Matisse Thibel on what I thought was an overpay. Uh, I you, There was the rumors about how Portland supposedly wanted a star caliber player back for Dame, which I never necessarily believed that. But I am a bit worried about tr- other trade options opening up for the Blazers. Because I'm worried that Joe Cronin thinks this team is better than it actually is going into the next couple of years. And that's the conversation I want to start um, with you right now. Is assuming they get back the heat package, which is Jovic, Hawkes, and Forfers. Do you think this team has a chance at a playoff next year? Do you think they have a chance at a play-in? Or do you think they are truly in rebuild mode and are going to be a lottery team? Um, I would bet that they are a lottery team, but I think there's an outside chance that they could compete for a play-in spot. I, I think the way the way I look at it, Tori, is look at what Utah did last year. They traded Donovan Mitchell. They traded Rudy Gobert. And we all thought they were going to be the worst team in the West. And they, they were competing for a while. And then they kind of tanked at the end of the season to make sure they get that draft pick. But I think that's why... Joe Cronin thinks like, okay, you know what? If we get a star player back, we have some other vets around him that it can be a transition to still be solid. And I do think that it is important for the Blazers to try to be as competitive as possible. Like with ownership, they do want to sell those tickets. They want to try to get a play-in game, get the play-in revenue, that kind of thing. So I do think that they think that way. Um, but I, I, I would pick them outside of the play-in. But I think there's an outside chance if they did get back, you know, a good a good-ish player that's ready to play right now. You throw him in this roster like the roster, the starting lineup isn't terrible. Like it's not terrible what they have going on right now. So I don't I think that they could compete for play and I don't think they would get one though. Yeah, I well, I mean just assuming it's the Jovic Hawkes in first package, I I think they are like like if they if they if they got another like if they got another player that actually can play in that, like in the trade from somewhere else, if it's a third team, fourth team, whatever it is, like like a Dorian Finney Smith the, from Brooklyn yeah. for hero. Yeah. Something like that. Like the, the roster isn't terrible. Like they could compete for a play in spot. Like you look at Brooklyn last year, they would have completed competed for a play in spot. If that's what their roster was all season long. And I would say Portland's right along that line. And same with Utah. Like Utah was right there. I, I just, I think they're a bottom three team in the West. I think they are a borderline bottom five defense. I know scoot has defensive upside. I think people are a little bit premature in saying he's a solid defender. And I think it's more so because of his physical tools. He looks like he should be a solid defender. He's built like Lou Dort mixed with Drew Holiday, right? Like, he looks like he should be a good defender. He had a lot of 
bad defensive moments in the G League. And maybe it's, oh, he's played in the G League. He's ready to go to the NBA. It's his second year, right? Like, maybe he can come in and be a solid defender right away. But I have to see it first, given that he didn't really show that in the G League last year. I don't expect Scoot to come in and be a better defender than Damian Lillard in year one. He's a rookie. Nobody should expect that from him. Especially with how talented guards have gotten in the NBA and how much space there is that you have to try and contain dribble penetrators, that sort of thing. Nobody should expect him to be anything except for below average defensively. And that's not even a shot at him. That I feel like that's just being realistic, right? Like, that's just giving him a fair chance that people are expecting to come in and be a good defender right away. So, with him, Anthony Simon, Shaden Sharp, I, I think that should be the starting point guard, shooting guard, small forward next year, because I think it should be about developing those three guys to the fullest extent. And then Jeremy Grant at the four, who knows who's at the five if Yusuf Nurkic gets thrown into the trade? Like, I just don't see how that's not a bottom five defense. Offensively, you're taking out, in my opinion, the best offensive guard in the league last year. I think statistically, you can make the case that Dame was the best offensive guard in the league last year. You're taking him out for a rookie. I just don't see how the offense remains as good as it was. Like, I don't see how the offense doesn't become average to below average. I I just, I think the team is going to be bottom three next year. And I don't think that's a bad thing. I think they should embrace it. They picked the rebuilding route. They picked the young route. They would get a higher draft pick. I don't think that's a bad thing. I just, I don't know. I, I am worried that Cronin is going to prioritize the wrong thing in this trade. And I have a, I have a question for you to kind of showcase that, right? And I did this t- poll on one of my live streams. And I'll tell you the answers after I ask you the question. So which trade would you rather have for Damian Lillard? That Jovic, Hawkes, and four first package from the Heat. Or OG Ananobi, Chris Boucher, and two first round picks from the Raptors. Now my community was split 50, I think it was 57 and 42% amongst those trades. I'm not going to tell you tell you which, but it was pretty even, right? So, which trade would you rather have for Dim? Oh, um, I would probably OG and Chris Boucher and two firsts, you say? Yeah. What's Chris Boucher's contract? Not great. Not great. OG Ananobi is going into the final year of his deal. Um, I would take the Heat. I would take the Heat deal. Okay, I would take the Heat deal just because I the OG thing. I think is good, uh, but then you got to resign him. Like, what is he going to want in the open market? He's going to want more than Jeremy Grant, right? Like, I would yeah. assume that. And um, I thought that Jeremy Grant was an overpay, but it was one of those things where they promised it when they traded for him, so they gave him the contract anyways. And I don't, I think going forward, like he's a guy that you can end up trading, and he can get something back, whether it's a first round pick or something. You know, I think he's a guy that can play in the league for years and. Um, I, so I don't necessarily hate it. I just think it was an overrated pay for him. But I think for me, I would rather uh, just do the whole rebuild. Yeah. I. What's confusing to me, I absolutely agree, by the way. What's confusing to me is is there's been a lot of talk amongst Blazer fans about how like we should embrace a rebuild. We should go the young route. We're tired of the same thing, right? We're tired of being in mediocrity. But then I feel like a lot of fans would take that OG package. And it's like, why are we trying so hard on a possible one-year rental of OG Ananobi? Because I think it's more likely he leaves than stays. Why are we valuing a rental as the main piece back in a trade to try and be the ninth seed next year? 
Well, I do think I do think Torrey, if they do make that trade, they would have basically a promise that they would resign OG. Kind of like when they got Jimmy Grant, they knew he was they knew he was coming back. I don't think he's going to give them a promise. I don't. Like, then why, I don't think they would do. The why trade, would OG then. give? Why would OG give him a promise? Why would he go to a rebuilding team with three perimeter players? I mean, th- this is just like they need to prioritize the development of Scoot, Simons, and Sharp. Even if people don't think that trio can work long term. By maximizing the development of all three guys, they'll be able to get back the best possible trade for one of them, right, in the future. So that should be the priority, because then you have three legitimate assets, even if they don't all fit, then you can pivot down the line when you're ready to make a pivot, right? And maybe it's Anthony Simons in picks for a a star forward once Scoot and Sharp have proven that they're ready to be that dynamic backcourt duo, where if you pair him with a star forward, maybe you're contending down the line, right? Um, so that should be the priority. You're bringing one of those guys off the bench with OG Ananobi there. You also have Matisse Thibel there, who's another wing that you resigned and paid $11 million a year to. Like, I feel like bringing him in, you're bringing in, in my opinion, a guy that would bring, be a rental. And even if he wasn't a rental, you're blocking the development of one of those three young guys, probably Sharp, comes off the bench. Um, and we've seen Chauncey Billups prioritize veterans over Sharp in the past. Last season, we talked about Sharp deserving more minutes at certain times of the season. Um, I don't want to see that happen again. But basically, you're just putting yourself between a rock and a hard place where your pick next year, you're not going to win a championship. Your pick's going to be worse. And then either you're losing OG Ananobi for nothing or you're paying a starting front court or you're paying two forwards a combined $70 million a year, maybe, and neither of them are all-stars? For me, isn't that just kind of putting ourselves back in the same sort of position that we're supposed to be getting out of this offseason? But also, I would argue this, though, Tori. I know you're big on all these uh, high-end role players. Aren't those two of the higher-end role players in the NBA? Like, you pay Jeremy Grant, you pay OG and Anobi, and then Scoot or Shaden Sharp or Anthony Simons become your star player. And then you're then you're... On the you have your stars in the backcourt, and you got your role players who are legit elite role players in the NBA. It doesn't matter how much you pay them. Like Portland has to pay somebody, and you can't. Portland's not going to go out and get free agents. Guys don't usually want to be traded to Portland. Sometimes you have to overpay these people. So it, I mean, in theory, I could see where it works. Yeah, I just think it's all about timing. I think it's all about timing because if the Blazers made a move like that, Scoot Henderson and Anthony Simons, or Shaden Sharp, whichever one they prioritize, because they'd have to prioritize one of them at that point, bringing in OG at the three, they would have to develop to the maximum extent for that team to contend. But if they if they develop to the maximum extent, they probably can contend with maybe somebody a little bit cheaper, right? Like, I'm all for bringing in high-end role players when you have an established core and an established star, Right, So when you have Damian Lillard and then Anthony Simons last year, Jeremy Grant, like number two and three, I think if you brought in, you know, some higher caliber role players, maybe that team last year could have looked a little bit different if you just brought in guys that could defend. Because offensively, they could get it done. It was just about the defensive side of the floor, right? You look at Denver. They brought in KCP Bruce Brown. Like, they were in a position where they were ready to just bring in those role players and win. I don't think you do it at the start of a rebuild. I don't think you do it before you know if Scoot Henderson... And Shane Sharp can be those guys. Because if they struggle to develop and you don't have an OG Ananobi there to help the team, you're going to be drafted in the top five. 
So if those guys don't end up being the guy, you're almost hedging your bets because you're going to have top draft picks because you're basically putting all your eggs in their basket. You're not you're not bringing in an OG early to be a nine seed or a 10 seed. So that's the thing is like, I, I'm cool if they make the play in because Scoo averages 25 a game as a rookie or whatever, right? If he the plays phenomenal, that's a great thing for the Blazers long term. But if he struggles and maybe isn't everything he's chalked up to be long term, then I think you get rewarded with high draft picks. So I think it just makes sense to prioritize that route because it's not like they're going to win anything, in my opinion, in the next two to three years. Um, I'm just playing devil's advocate here because I do. I think the Heat trade would be a little bit better than that. But I will say this: uh, we know what Anthony Simons is, right? Like, he's a he's a good NBA player right now, and he probably has room to grow. Even for me to say that, like, I know I know Ant's a good player, and he can play in the league. So if you had Ant and OG and Jeremy Grant and Nurk, and then you're still going for Scoot Henderson, like. If Scoot is really good and he's going to be, you know, an all NBA type of player, it's going to take a year or two before he becomes that type of player, like a John Morant, right? It was what year two, and I believe he got most improved player. Like there was he, he was right there for MVP. If it wasn't for uh, who was that Jokic when he won MVP that year, I can't remember who. Won. I can remember these years, but I remember Jaw year two. He was outside for MVP, got most improved. He was an all NBA guy. If Scoot's that type of player, you want these role players around. So like I I don't but don't you see what that is though because that at least this way what Portland's been missing is these other role players. Dame never had these guys, and then if they actually bring him in, Matisse Thibel come off the bench. That's fine. Like you, I know you're overpaying him, but you also have a guy that can play in the NBA and doesn't have to play all the time. Like it's mix and match with him, positionless basketball. I mean, I I see where it was coming from. Yeah, I don't but- think it's the best trade, but I mean if Sco- if Scoot's the real deal. You want to get as many good plays as you can in there right now because it won't yeah, take long for him to be that guy. If we were that confident in Scoot, Simons, OG, Grant, in just whatever center, maybe Nurkic or whoever, being a contending team in three years, why didn't we trade the third pick for OG and Anobi so we could contend next year? You with Dave. You can't trade the third pick for OG and Anobi. Yeah, why. but if we're that confident in a guy who's never even played an NBA minute at the point guard position and then Ant. OG, Grant, whoever's the center contending, why didn't we just roll with Dame and OG, Grant, and whoever's the center? Because Dame's probably better than Scoot might ever be. Let me ask you this. Is there a chance that we are overvaluing Damian Lillard? Uh, If you expect Scoot to be better than Dame That's, that's, not, what I, that's year, not what I asked. That's not what I asked. That's I don't think I so. I mean, he's... He is coming off his best season ever, right? Defensively, he's a minus. Okay, we're not sure Scoot's going to be a plus. Is he? I, we're not. We're not comparing him to Scoot. We're just talking about Dave well, right now. Yeah, I just I'm think not. You the, but I'm not. To, you know? I, it's I'm just not, in terms though. of philosophy. But go ahead. But I'm not though. This, I'm, but I'm saying this is why you, maybe they didn't want to build around Dame. Maybe they don't think Dame is as good as we all think he is. Maybe they don't value him as much as we think he is. And maybe we are, as fans, overvaluing him a little bit more because we see the, all the scoring and the threes, and they don't think he's a, he don't they don't think he's the guy. They don't think he's a guy that's good enough to win it all. And they want to build around something else. They want to go a different direction. He's a minus defender. I would say he's not he's not selfish, but I don't say he's unselfish. Like a lot of times when other guys get going, it's more like Dame says he passes them the ball and then gets out of the way. He'll go spot up in the corner. It's not like he's creating for other people a lot of the times. 
Like, his assists aren't empty, but I don't think they're, like, super impactful when he gets assists. He's a really good scorer, but he's also struggled in the playoffs. Like, is there a chance we're overvaluing him? He's drugged, like, subpar supporting Cass offensively to top three, top five offenses. He's he's basically, by himself, the way he played last year, he's basically automatically a top three or five offense. And that's been the data throughout the years. He's... Here's the thing. Like, even if you think all that, how's the solution another 6-2 guard who we don't know if this is going to be good defensively? Like, if you don't think that can work, then why are you pivoting for the same thing? I, I'm just, I'm asking the questions. I, I <laughs> well, think, that's, I that'd think, be my question to them. Like, okay, so, so. I think, I think, because I think that's a real thing. Because here, I would say this. Okay, go for it. Go. Well, let me just say, like, small guards that have a ton of offensive responsibility usually are not good defenders. They're usually subpar defenders. But they're great because they can have such a huge impact on the offensive end. So I almost think when you take into account what everything Dame does on the offensive end, just sit there and say, he's a negative defender, he's a negative defender. I feel like any point guard putting up that offense is going to be similarly bad defensively because it's too hard for a guy that's like 6'2", 6'3", to do everything he does on the offensive end on a court with players that are all bigger than him and then be positive on the defensive end. Agree. Um, Yeah, when you have so much so much to do on offense. It's hard. You can't, you can't do both. You just physically can't. And I understand that. Um, I would say this because I'm, I was thinking this from a Miami point of view. Like if I'm Pat Riley and I'm looking to trade for Dame, like you can argue, like maybe he is a little overvalued. He hasn't had, I wouldn't say he's had great playoff series in his career. Like, the one playoff series he's really had that was really good was the last playoffs the Blazers made against Denver when he averaged 34 a night and he had that 55-point game that was the most efficient game ever. Let's just take out that one playoff series. He's a 40% shooter in the playoffs that shoots 35% from three. Like, that's he's not efficient in the playoffs. He hasn't been. In, that, in, the, in the season they got to the Western Conference Finals, in the Denver series and the Golden State series, he shot below 40%. Yeah, just, I think he was over-relied upon. But that's, but okay, then if you're Miami, then why would you give up top value for him, right? Like maybe he is a little overvalued. He's 32 years old. You're going to have to pay him for another four seasons, including $63 million when he's 36 years old. I don't, that's going to be not a great contract. I know Dame's going to be good at that point. That's going to be an overpay. I think maybe we overvalue Dame a little bit here in Portland. I think you can talk yourself out of any big win now risk. They'd basically be adding a dude. I mean, like, let's not let's not overthink it. They'd be adding a dude to a finals team, right? Because Hero didn't play, right? They'd the worst finals adding, team. The worst finals team to ever make the NBA finals by far. Not even close. And they're adding a dude who averaged thirty-two and seven, who'd be a great fit in their offense. They wouldn't have to over-rely upon. His shooting would be freaking deadly. They need shooting. He and Jimmy, I think, would fit really well. He has He's really close with Bam. I think he'd have instant chemistry with Bam. And he's just that 
like they they've been able to defend and they've been able to bring in guys that aren't that great defensively and still be good defensively. Like they have the pieces in the system where they can bring in Dame and still be a really good defense. The problem is their offense would just go for spurts where they couldn't score. And they got hot in the playoffs and shot better than they did during the regular season. I think they overachieved a little bit during their Eastern Conference Finals run from a shooting standpoint. And then when you got a guy like Jimmy who can carry you and you got a good defense, like you're able to go on a run like that. That's why they were the eighth seed in the finals. You had a guy like Dame, he's going to be able to carry the offense through those spurts. He's going to be able to draw attention through those spurts and make kick out passes and get shooters more open. Running him off the ball, he gets a lot of attention. I still think he can play off the ball. I think it's hard when um, you don't have the right pieces in place. I think it's hard when... Um, I, I think Spolstra will have more success utilizing him off the ball than Chauncey Billups ever did, and Terry Stotts never did. Does he want to be off the ball? I think he wants to win. I think, I think he wants I've to win. Never seen, I, 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 have, I will say this. I love Dave. I've never seen him play well off the ball. Never. And it's like I said, when other guys get hot, he's not creating for others. He passes it off, and he goes stand in the corner. He doesn't play off the ball. He never has. He's never had to. That's not a skill that you can just develop, Tori. You know this. You can't just develop it. Like, that takes time to learn how to play off the basketball. Dave's never had to do it in his entire life. What makes you think at age 32, 33, he's going to be good off the ball? I think he played more off the ball this past year than he ever has. I think this Blazers offense played more in the flow than previous years. And what did we hear at the start of the season, right? It was, they want to attack the paint, draw defenders, make the right pass, make the right kickout pass, and then attack closeouts. Like, that was a big philosophy, was moving the ball, attacking closeouts, being able to get to the rim by attacking closeouts, or being able to kick out to shooters, right? I thought Dane played more off the ball this year than he ever has, and coincidentally, he had his best offensive season ever. Maybe that's a complete coincidence. Maybe there's some correlation there. I think if he wasn't able to play off the ball than him playing more off the ball this year than I believe in any other season, he wouldn't have had his best offensive season. Yeah, no, you might be right. Look, I'm just, I'm throwing this out there. I These thoughts come across my mind uh, from time to time. I do think, um, I do think we overvalued him a little bit here in Portland just based off his age and his contract. I think that is a real thing. Like, I think other teams look at that and they say, I don't know, man, I don't want to pay that guy $63 million when he's 36 years old, even though he's going to be a good player, he's not going to be the Damian Lillard that just played this season. I think he's going to go down at some point. But I also think that the Heat are in the perfect situation to trade for Dame. They don't mind p- trading for these veterans and paying for them. That's kind of what they do. They're win-ready now. So luckily, I do think like the fact that the Heat are ready to win and Dame's situation calls to go for a team to win – like it is the perfect marriage to go to, to go to Miami. Like it's a perfect fit. Like you said, on the court, I think it works uh, off the court. He fits that heat culture. Like that's what he, that's what he does. Like he wants the ball. He wants to win. I hope because of that, like they can get more out of the heat. They can get another team involved. And they can get a three or four team deal and get more back for him. I just, I question the value a little bit of Damian Lillard right now across the league. I think, it, to me, you know, I almost wish that Joe Cronin, since he didn't want to build around Dame, really, like he would have tried to explore to trade him a couple years ago. Like I, I have said that, like they should have always at least explored what they could get for Dame. They just didn't want to do that. And now they're doing it a little too late. And I think uh, they aren't going to get as much back as they possibly could. 
but it's okay. And hopefully they get the best back for it. I, I just, I worry about it a little bit. Yeah. I still think the heat package is not true to his value as a player, but I think it's going to be the best offer they're going to get and ultimately accept. It's just tough when you're trading a top 75 player coming off his best season, who's taking great care of his body, came into the league a little bit later, so doesn't have those crazy mileage. Um, And then his shooting ability, like Steph is, what, 35 now? You know, and Steph's obviously the greatest shooter of all time. They're different players. Different players. Different players. Yeah, but Dame's shooting ability will help his game age well, in my opinion. Um, And then... Steph... Steph is also the best player off the ball in NBA history. He's the smartest player maybe in NBA history. And he gets – people don't talk about, like, his actual skill set. Like, his ball handling and his finishing are elite. Yeah, I, Dame just had his best finishing season. So, I understand he's probably not going to be as good as last year when he's 36. I still think he's going to be an all-star caliber player at the very least. I still think he's going to be a top 20 player because of the way he can shoot the ball and how much that opens up the rest of his game. And I don't think that's going to go away, right? And that's kind of the comparison to Steph is, like, Steph shooting opens up everything for him. And you're right, he has the skill set in order to take advantage of that. But Dame's a skilled player, too. I think he'll. I think he'll be a top 20 player in you know 2026 2025 2026 and that probably justifies a max contract i know people see 63 million dollars and that's a huge number but it's 63 million dollars because the salary cap's going up it's still the same max percentage still the same max contract so that's kind of my rebuttal to any teams or any people that are worried about that contract and maybe you know it's a bit of an overpay at that point but what you're gonna get out of him before that leading up to that point like absolutely justifies it and i i just think it's such a no-brainer for the heat because they're only giving up speculative assets like those first round picks Sure, they could be really good, and I think Portland should definitely value trying to get as many unprotected future firsts as possible because, you know, you're taking a risk where, okay, maybe they suck in 2028, and maybe that's the number one pick in a draft that has a number another Wemby, right? But that's just speculative. It could be the 30th pick because it's Miami, right? Jovic and Hawkes, I mean, nobody really knows if those guys are going to be impactful NBA players. I know people have a lot of confidence in Hawkes, but... What's the odds he's more than just a role player who's maybe a sixth or a seventh man on a team? About zero. Yeah, so it's just, it's speculative. Like, none of those assets are for sure good. None of those assets are for sure good. Yeah, I love Hawkins, but he's he's a role player. Like, that's all I've wanted him as. Like, I think he's a great, he's a great, he's a player that plays in the NBA for 10 plus years on good teams. Like, that's just kind of who he is. I mean, he's never going to be a star, not going to be an all-star, so... Um, I mean, you trade for him, you kind of know what you're going to get. Um, I mean, it's just, it's a tough situation, Tori. Like I just, again, I want it to end, but I don't know what Dame wants. I feel like I know what the Blazers want at this point and that's to start over and that's what they've been wanting to do, but I don't know what Dame wants. I don't know. Does he want to be in Portland? Maybe. Does he want to be in Miami? Kind of. I don't know. I don't know what's going on with Dame. He's putting out weird tweets, putting out weird videos. I just, dude, I don't know, man. I really have no idea. I, I want to ask you this one. About Damian Lillard, real quick. This this is how we'll end the podcast here with this question. Is Damian Lillard, and just looking at everything he's done off the court this offseason, everything he's done for the Blazers on the court, the way he plays basketball, is Damian Lillard selfish? No. What? Is he like is he a selfish basketball player? I I don't think so at all. Is he being selfish the way he's going about this trade? 
I also don't think so at all. No. You don't think so? I don't think so. You don't think, think, so. He's, put the, you don't you think he's put think the Blazers so. in a bad spot? I think the Blazers put themselves in the spot. I don't think he put them in the spot. I think the Blazers put themselves in the spot. So, no. You don't think that the fact that Aaron Goodwin's going out there saying he's only going to play for Miami isn't selfish? I mean, I I think... I have a strong feeling that Joe Cronin told Dame he would trade him where he wants to go. But that's another one of those cans of worms that, you know, speculative information, this or that, whatever. But but we've, but here's the here's the thing, Tori. Like, Anthony Davis got fined $50,000 for trade requests. He actually didn't say, trade me to L.A. or nothing. He just said, if Boston trades for me, I'm not going to reside with them. He didn't say, I'm not going to play for Boston. He, he, Aaron Goodwin was saying... Dame's not going to suit up for any other team except for Miami. That's less of a leverage play than AD. Is that not selfish, though? I don't think that's selfish because when a team publicly says they're committed to building around you and then they go and draft your replacement, I think they lied to him. But they, but Dame knew about that. Dame knew, Dame knew about the draft pick, though. Yeah, but he was, Dame, he was fine with it. He was every, fine with it. Dame was fine with drafting Scoot. You think so? I I don't believe that whatsoever. I don't believe that whatsoever. Um, I've heard I've heard I've heard that Dame said he would be cool playing with Scoot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Even though in his exit interviews he said he doesn't want to play with any more nineteen-year-olds, but then they get him a nineteen-year-old point guard. You think he didn't? You think? What do you think changed? Again, I don't know what to believe, Tori. I, I really don't know. I wish I knew. I hear. A I'm lot just going to believe I the hear. words coming out of his mouth first, right? True. I don't know. It's a good point. I, like, like, <laughs> good point. I, I, I don't think he wanted to play with 19 year olds. I take him for his word with that, and then everything that's followed, like. But don't you think it was a different situation? Like Scoot Henderson. Look, he may not be great. He may suck. He may be a role player, but. Like everything you talk, everything you watch, everything you hear from all the different scouts, like he's a generational prospect. He's a point like, guard. Is, is it, but isn't it different though? Isn't it different to be like, okay, this guy's generational. Like, okay, maybe I play with him. I know, I know. Like they can hypothetically play together, but the whole Aaron Rodgers debacle, right? It wasn't going to matter if they drafted a generational quarterback because Aaron Rodgers is a quarterback. He needs help. He needs weapons. Yeah, that's different though him. because you can because you can play two guys. You can play Dame and Scoot at the same time. You can't play and Aaron Rodgers. No, and you're not going to win. Time. Like. We've already this. That's they the already were winning. Well, that's the thing is Dame wants to win, right? And they talked about how Does they're going to be aggressive in terms of building a winner around him. And then what? They're going to turn around and say, 19 year old, six foot two guard, we're going to be even smaller than before. They also have given him $500 million. So I don't. Yeah, that he would have made anywhere else. Want. Again, I know, but like, so how much does he really want to win? If he really wants to win, guess what? He wouldn't have re-signed the contract extension and then asked for a trade. The extension hasn't even kicked in. How has the contract extension hurt them trying to win? No, I'm saying if it's really all about winning, he would not have signed that extension. He'd be a free agent next, or what, next season? Or in two years? And then he can go wherever he wants. He doesn't have to ask for a trade. That extension hasn't even kicked in. Because the extension hurts the trade because teams don't want to trade for him in four years when he's making $63 million. He's gone about the, this trade all the wrong. Extension, him, and Aaron, him, and, him and Aaron Goodwin have messed up this trade the Steven, entire time. If he had one year left on his contract, he could literally sit there saying, I'm not going to resign anywhere except Miami. In Portland, we would have even less leverage. Exactly. That, if he really wants to go to Miami, that's what he should have done. 
I mean, well, I think he believed Joe Cronin when he said he was going to build a winner around him. I just, I think it's good what the Blazers are doing, and I hope that, you know what, if Miami's the best offer that the Blazers get, trade him to Miami, but I like that the Blazers are playing a little hardball. Aaron Goodwin and Dame have messed this up. Here's my whole thing. Like, they've already burnt the bridge. I don't think Aaron Goodwin and Dame have really messed this all up. I don't really think they had much really at their disposal in terms of trying to get what Dame wants, which is he wants to play in Miami. So Goodwin's trying to help him play in Miami. I think the only thing you can point at is that contract extension, but I don't think Dame was signing that contract extension like, well, you know, maybe I want out. Maybe I shouldn't sign this because maybe I'm going to want out. Like, Dame was... His whole thing has been like, I'm here in Portland, right? Like, I trust Joe Cronin. I trust the front office. And that obviously changed since the extension was signed. Just like LaMarcus. Just like LaMarcus Aldridge wanted to stay in Portland, too. And that did it. Yeah, LaMarcus lied. This stuff happens, dude. But LaMarcus lied. I don't think Dame Dame was lying. You know, it's the, you know, and you know how I feel. You know, I think the front office lied to him. They lied in the public. You're okay with it. That's fine. But they lied. I love that. I I love Dame. I think Dame's awesome. He's one of the best players of all time. I wouldn't put him number one. I would put Clyde there, but that's just me. I love Dame. He's at least top three, probably second. I'd have him two. I think he, Aaron Goodwin, have gone around about this really bad, and I think they've put the Blazers in a bad spot with. What this do you thing. think they should have done? Aaron Goodwin should not have been going out saying he's only playing for Miami. You can't do that. You cannot do that. That kills everything. And if I'm Joe Cronin and I'm Burt Cold, I would not. I would say you're signed for four years. You can either wait it out here in Portland if you only want to go to Miami, or we'll just trade you somewhere else and you can sit out there. What if Joe Cronin told Dame that he'd trade him where he wants to go, and then didn't don't his word? You don't care. Don't care. You don't care. So that's so, not, that so stuff. How, ha- that so, stuff happens. That stuff well, happens all the time, Tori. Nah. All the time, man. I just I, told you, I Nick, Sab- not, Nick Saban said, "I'm not leaving Miami. I'm not going to be coach about- Alabama." He literally left. I don't think you have to lie to your star player consistently, and if you consistently lie to whoever your star is, good luck ever keeping one in Portland. $500 million to change that. You're telling me if Scoot's not good, he's not going to sign the massive <laughs> max contract? What's to stop yeah. him from signing the signing his second contract extension and then demanding a trade? That's how the NBA works. Because he's lied dude. to. That's how yeah, the NBA but the works. NBA works where stars leave small markets, right? And in my opinion, we had the star that went against the grain, right? He wanted to be here in the small market. And instead, we went with the grain and lied to him. Instead of going against the grain with him. I I, I, I just don't like that. I don't like how they've gone about this trade. So I'm just tired of it all, Tori. I'm tired of it all. Yeah, (laughs) I mean, I I just... Get me to the regular season. Yeah, I can't fault them for trying to get Dame where he wants to go. Because Dame wants, like, as a as an agent, you're supposed to do what your player wants. And Dame obviously said, I want to go to Miami. And yeah. he's trying his best to, because the thing is, they don't have much leverage with that contract. He's trying to get Dame to Miami. And I just don't really know how else he was supposed to try and do that, given that, as an agent, he wasn't dealt a good hand. Dame doesn't have a no-trade clause. Dame has four years left on his contract. But Dame wants to go to Miami because Portland... In my opinion, doesn't want him anymore. So, I mean, as an agent, I can't really fault him. But it's don't go to talk to Aaron Fentress and say, I'm only going to have him play in Miami. That's that's what you don't do. You can't say that. That's It ruins everything. It ha- it's the it NBA. It, it, it happens. <laughs> it's, uh, it's, it's gone business from is business, the right? owners having... All- 
This is business, dude. The owners had all the power in the NBA, and then the players fought back. Like the whole LeBron, I'm going to South Beach. That started the whole you know player player empowerment, which is great. And now it's the pendulum has swung to all the powers with the players, and they are just signing contracts. And then one year later, Demandy trades Kevin Durant, James Harden, all these dudes. Like it doesn't look good. And now Dame tried it, and guess what? The Blazers are fighting back. And they're saying no, like we want to get some power back, and I love it. I love that the, the Blazers, Blazers had the power it. in the whole the whole time. They had the power the whole time. They didn't have to sign him to extension. They didn't have to lie to him. They had the power the entire time. Dame signed that extension under the understanding that they were going to build a winner around him, and then they chose a different direction. That's not that's that's not Dame having the power. Dame didn't have the. If Dame had the power, the roster would look a lot different right now. No, Dame is trying to have the power by saying I'm only going to Miami. He's trying to make the best out of a bad situation for himself. You just love Dame too much. That's your problem. No, it's logical. It's logical. This is a good situation for him after they draft his replacement and obviously want to pivot away from him. That's all true, right? No doubt. They don't want Dame there. I don't think they do. I've so said that he's trying times. to make the best out of a situation where he's no longer wanted. That's not him having the power. The organization is the one who decided that they don't want him, right? Correct. And then uh, guess what? He just doesn't have to say he wants to go to Miami. You can't like you can't just say one team. I'm not going to suit up for other teams. Aaron Goodman said he's not going to suit up. Well, he they can say that because they didn't even get punished for it. <laughs> So they got a warning though. They got a warning. They got a warning, but what's a warning? You know, I'm sure Dame would have paid the fine or whatever. Like apparently they can do that in the future. I don't think the NBA will be as lenient, but in this situation they, they could do it cause they did and they didn't even get punished. I just, I'm just annoyed with the whole situation. <laughs> I love I debating want, this with you. By the way, it's fun. I don't want. I don't want to be annoyed with Dame, but I'm annoyed at Dame right now. Like I just want to. I just want him off the team now. At this point, that's where I hope whatever the truth is comes to light, because I think it would look better on Dameson. All right. So I don't know that I actually answer this question, Tori. Answer the. Give me a definitive answer. If Dame's on the roster day one, regular season, is he playing? Is he on the court of the Moda Center? Should he play or will he play? Will he play? Yes, because I think he'll want to suit up, and I don't know if the organization has the power to tell him no. I think the NBA would frown upon that. Let's say this. Let's say he suits up for the Blazers, and the Blazers are solid. And then Dame's like changes his mind. He's like, no, I don't want to stay in Portland. Is that a risk you want to take? Rip. Because you love Dame. You want Dame to stay in Portland. What if he's like, no, nah, dude, I, I kind of want to stay now. It's just like I I would be happy with him being here, but it's still not a good situation. So it's very, like it's very hand, hypothetical. Yeah. On one hand, yeah, it'd be nice to still have Dame in a blazer uniform. On the other hand, it'd be like, okay, so we're solid. Can we contend? No. The only way, that's the thing is if we're solid, it's like, it's probably going to be because Dame is carrying us. And then at the deadline, it's going to be like, okay, well, do they trade Scoot for whatever stars available? It's literally the same conversations we just had. Like, I don't see the team as constructed being solid enough to make noise. So it's just kind of like, what's the purpose? No, I get you. I get you. I, I agree. I think Dame's, but I think Dame's on the roster day one. I think he plays. So I think it'll be funny. I think it'll be interesting. What do you think like, is the ultimate resolution? Like, what do you think is beyond that? What do you think is the resolution to this scenario? 
he ultimately goes to Miami. He gets what he wants. He gets traded to Miami. I don't know what the package is going to be, but I do think at some point Portland looks at it and Joe Cronin because I again I don't think I I don't think Joe Cronin wants Dame here. I think he wanted to build around whether it's Shaden Sharp or Anthony Simons or whoever. I think he wanted to build around other players and not Dame. I don't think he thought I don't think he thought the team was good enough with Damian Lillard. He wants to start it over. So I think he gets to Miami. I don't know what they get back, but I think ultimately that's that's where he's going. I think that's what he wants, and I think the Blazers. I did, I I will say this, Tori. With all this being said, I think the Blazers are trying to get him to Miami. Like they're actively listening to other teams, but I do think ultimately they do want to do what's right for Dame and get him to Miami. Yeah, I mean, they have to get back a certain package from Miami, so I understand playing hardball. As much of a Dame fan as I am. I understand that the Blazers have, in my opinion, burnt the bridge. So at this point, since you've already burnt the bridge, you might as well make the best out of the situation. Both parties, I understand, trying to make the best out of this situation for themselves at this point. Because they have no loyalty to each other anymore. Right? So, Portland's end, like, I don't fault them for, at this point, just trying to get the best package. Um, And if they don't try and do right by Dame, I'm not even, in terms of where they trade him, I'm not even upset about it because I already think they have it. So nothing's changed. Yeah. Do where where do you think uh where do you think he ends up after Portland? I think he ends up in Miami. I think he ends up in Miami. I just don't think there's other suitors out there, and I think at some point they're just gonna trade him. It's just at what point will Miami stop being stingy about somebody like Jaime Hawkes or maybe Caleb Martin when they're getting back Damian freaking Lillard? <laughs> No, I, I agree with that. I think uh, the thing about Dame is, is Dame is a really good player, and there's no arguing that. Like, he is one of the best players in the NBA right now, but his timeline, timeline of winning is very, um, I'm trying to think of the word here. It's very, it's very particular. Like, the way that Dame wins in the NBA, there's a very specific way to do it, and the timeline is so small. There's not many teams in the NBA that fit his timeline and Portland's not one of them, right? Like Dame has played in Portland. I think Portland doesn't want him back because he doesn't fit the timeline of what they're doing. The timeline is in, you know, five, 10 years rather than two to three years. And so I don't even think that's why one of the reasons why Portland doesn't want him is because he doesn't fit the timeline. And you look around the NBA, there's not many teams that really do fit that timeline, but I will say, I think luckily he wants to go to Miami and Miami is one of those teams that is in the timeline of we need to win in one to two, three years. Like that's the timeline we have. So at some point, if Miami is serious about everything, like they'll figure out a way to either get more assets or get different assets to get Damian Lillard because they're one of a few teams that actually fit the perfect timeline with Dame. And I think Portland right now, as long as you can, you just hold out and you try to get the best package possible from them. And I think at some point, if Miami struggles at the start of the year, they got to figure it out and get better assets to somehow trade for Dame. But I think that I think the marriage between Dame and the Heat and their timelines it just fits too perfectly for him not to go there. Yeah. One final question before we end this yeah. thing. Yeah, yeah. How much or how little do you trust Joe Cronin to oversee a rebuild? Um. Well, I'll say this. <laughs> I don't trust him a lot, but they drafted Shaden Sharp. He looks like a good pick. Scoot fell to him. I know that, but they didn't trade the pick. 
I liked it. I liked him drafting Scoot Henderson at three instead of trading him for whatever. So he made that good decision. Um, with uh, what's his name? Schultz. Isn't that the guy's name? This is GM. Yeah, I forgot his name. Blanked on it. Um, I think with him, they're going to build through the draft, which is the way to go. Like I think they're putting a lot of a lot of um, a lot of responsibility on him to make the right choices in the draft. And I think him and Cronin know that. That's how you get stars in Portland is through the draft. So I like that. Uh, but no, I would say I don't trust Joe Cronin a lot to rebuild this team into a contender. But I'm doing. I, I, but I think this. I think they're doing it the right way. I think going through the draft is the right way to do it. Yeah, I don't trust them to make the types of moves where like you get a salary dump in an asset for it, or you maneuver your way into having trade exceptions so you can take on a salary with a pick attached to it. Right? That's a we have we haven't we yeah we haven't seen. We haven't seen Cronin with a good roster yet, so we don't know well, how he like finishes a roster. Creative. We haven't seen him show any sort of creativity. All he's done well, is give away roster players. sucks. Yeah, but all he's done is give away players. And I know we got a trade exception from the CJ trade they used on Jeremy Grant. That's like the only shred of creativity he's done. But like, I mean, just an example. And they're not really in rebuild mode, but Dallas had the tenth pick. I thought they were going to take Derek Lively at ten because he just made perfect sense for them. They were able to trade down from ten to twelve with OKC. By trading away Davis Bertons, getting off his contract, right? Still got Derek Lively. So they basically still got Derek Lively and just got rid of Davis Bertons for free. That created a $17 million trade exception. And then they used that to take on Rashawn Holmes and the 24th pick from the Sacramento Kings and then draft Olivier Maxence Prosper, who I think is going to be the next Dorian Finney-Smith for him. Not just because their names are hyphenated. Like, that's the type of thing where they basically, basically would have drafted Derek Lively and instead shed salary for a better player by going from Bertons to Rashawn Holmes and also got Prosper out of it, right? Like, that's the type of creativity I want from a GM if he's going to oversee a rebuild because basically they're in asset-building mode, right? It's not about like, oh, dude, these pieces all fit perfectly. That's what you worry about when you're trying to win and contend. I want... Like, that's the thing I don't trust Joe Cronin with. I just don't trust him to have that sort of creativity because it takes a certain level of negotiating tact that I just have not seen from him. Um, Especially if he did try to build a winner when he had Scoot on the board at three. Uh, So, I I don't know. I just, I don't trust him. Draft-wise, I trust Schmitz. I don't like drafting Chris Murray over Leonard Miller. I think that'll look like a mistake in the future, but I could be wrong. I think Leonard Miller is going to be a stud, though. Um, but other than that, I mean, repair at 43 was good. I think they'll be able to draft. It's just, I don't think that gets them far enough. And when it comes to the moves that will get them far enough to actually contend, I just don't trust Cronin. I I, I, I don't think he has the creativity or the negotiation skill to take that final step. Yeah, no, I agree with you. Um, we didn't really, yeah, we didn't really talk about the picks. Chris Murray was a questioner. I mean, I don't, I just, I don't know what he does in the NBA. That's like NBA level. Besides him being big, like he's tall and has good size. He's a win now pick when they're rebuilding. Why don't you just swing for upside then? 
but it's like I, I just don't even know what he does. Like he he wasn't an NBA shooter at Iowa. He doesn't wasn't an NBA driver at Iowa. Wasn't a defender in the NBA at Iowa. Like that's just I don't know. I just don't see what he does. But maybe I'm wrong. Hopefully I'm wrong. Hopefully he turns into a good player. Um, I was really mad at that pick, by the way. Yeah, <laughs> I was too. I just was like, what? Uh, and whatever about Leonard Miller again. Yeah, it could be anybody. But I just I just don't like uh, Chris Murray. I don't think he's very good. But we'll see what happens. Uh, Ryan Repair remains to be seen. Super young, so we'll see about that. But yeah, I mean Nico Nico Harrison over in Dallas, dog. You can't, you know what? Fun fact about him. He uh, was my assistant coach at one point in summer league basketball. And I your assistant. He was uh, one of our assistants. Yeah. Shout out to Nico. So are you going to see any G league games this year? Oh, the rip city remix. I mean, probably because my, my son who's eight Lincoln, he loves basketball. So he'll want to see it. I have no interest, but you know me, I got to scout the G league ignite games because they, Dog, there's more top <laughs> prospects. I mean, we're at the top of the lottery. That's the content, right? We gotta, we're gonna be having debates in six months about these guys, right? I want to know what I'm You're, looking at. That'll be your first uh, media credential, is the Rip City Remix games. <laughs> no, Joe Cronin hates me. I can't even get a G League credential. That'd be pretty sick, though. If he's like, nah, for Tory, no, can't get him, can't <laughs> get him credential. <laughs> Not um, a real right, media well, guy. Not yet. I feel like you are. You are. Just admit it. Not according to Twitter. Or X.com. I hate that rebrand, by the way. Well What a joke. That's Yeah. I don't I don't have a problem with it. What's your problem with it? It's the same exact website. It's X. Dude, I don't wanna say when it's in my tabs and I'm not on the tab. I don't wanna say what it looks like I have open. You're you're Xing? You don't want to X with people? I don't want a logo that's an X on my tab <laughs> if I'm out in public. I'm doing X. I'm doing X with everybody, though. That's that's what I'm doing. I'm just doing yeah. X, bro. Just take, yeah, just take an X. I, mean, I hate it on. even more now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, uh, Tori, you got anything else you want to add? Um, I feel like that's about it. We, yeah. got our, we got our arguments out. Yeah, fun, fun podcast. We were talking. Got it. You, got it. You were saying before this we wouldn't have. We don't have much to talk about. This might be the longest one we've ever recorded. So, that's true. We we haven't talked to each other like. In, I mean, we I guess we we've called each other on the phone, but. Sometimes. I've been busy. I've been a busy, busy. You are. Man. You are. You are a busy man. I'm a busy man as well. Uh, with that, Tori, you want to you plug anything else? What's up with Blazers Uprise? What you guys going on? Yeah, so, I mean, we're basically just in a holding pattern until a Dame trade happens or until we get closer to the preseason. Still streaming twice a week on our second channel, Blazers Uprise Live, which is where this video will be dropping. Uh, 9.30, we go live at like 9.30 to 10 p.m. Pacific Time, Mondays and Thursdays on Blazers Uprise Live. So you can check us out, come ask us questions. We're more interactive now that we don't have a ton to talk about. So um, other than that, I got some huge plans for Blazers Uprise next year. Um going to have new podcasts going to have a new consistent stream live stream for the main channel i'm just teasing right now but that's what's to come i'm excited for the next step there's a lot of good things ahead of us so uh just stay tuned hell yeah hell yeah hell yeah uh that's good man uh yeah catch me 750 the game bald face truth three to six We'll be talking a lot of college football as of now because it is college football season and all the Pac-12 craziness. If you want to hear Gonzano, Gonzano 
Kanzano knows what he's talking about. He is very uh, locked in with that kind of stuff, so he's good to hear about that. I am definitely the Blazer guy on the show, so catch me there. We're talking all the time about sports. It's a good time. Um, the other thing I want to add before we go, Tori, this has been a big rumor. I know it's been talked about across the across the state of Oregon. Are you are you ducking me? We're supposed to be playing one on one. You've been ducking me, bro. I have not heard from you on this in multiple months, Stephen. So we know uh, we know the truth. You're, you're where's the gym? You're gonna? I thought you had a gym lined up for us. You told I could pull up a text. You said no. I got it. Did I prove it? That's for, that's for the next show. Yeah, that's for the next yeah, show. yeah that's but I we, I will say, we are, uh, we still plan on playing one on one. That is, that is something we plan on doing. I would we'll never duck with that. I would never duck we'll that. Deal with that. What is that? I would never duck, duck that. It. You see the jersey? Yeah, his number's retired in his own household. Look at this man. I do want to know that if everybody had a jersey, who, what percentage of people would have it retired? It's like ninety percent. Like if you had your own jersey, how sick is that, dog? No, but we will play. It'll be fun. Um, and with that, Tori, thanks, man. It's always always good to catch up with you. Thank you for all the listeners, subscribers, viewers, all that kind of stuff. We'll be back with another episode coming here soon. I'm Steve Vaughn. As always, come on, Blazers. What are you doing? Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.